Let's go ahead and uh, open with a word of prayer, and we will get started tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again, Lord, for just an opportunity to be here. And uh, Lord, you know all the struggles that we've gone through throughout this week so far. You know all the trials and uh, the difficulties that we may have seen. And uh, Lord, if if we haven't, Lord, I just thank you for that blessing. But uh, Lord, I just pray that all those things uh, of the world and uh, things that might concern us would be set aside for this time. We would have an opportunity to focus on your word, to focus on the subject of counsel, and that, Lord, uh, you would just clearly show us exactly what uh, um, uh, spirit that we're supposed to have, the one that uh, you gave to your son. And uh, again, Lord, I thank you for all that you've done for us. Pray this time we'll be honoring and pleasing unto you in all that we do. This I ask in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn, if you will, to Isaiah chapter 11. I'm just going <clears> to <throat> go back. We're jumping right back into where we left off, talking about the seven spirits here that uh, uh, are evidenced uh, in Christ, his behavior, uh, the way that he um, uh, behaved of himself, the mannerisms um, that he portrayed, the godly nature that he uh, demonstrated, and we find here in obviously uh, Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch, capital B, if you'll notice there, shall grow out of his roots. Now, obviously, we know that this is a messianic prophecy talking about Jesus Christ. And what we find here, it says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And we've talked, we've already talked about several of these so far. And here we are talking about the spirit of counsel. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we'll pick up the spirit of might and spirit of knowledge. We already talked about the spirit of the Lord as the first one to establish what fear of the Lord is. Sometimes people have no concept of what that means. You say fear of the Lord and, uh, um, they just don't get it. They don't understand what that, what that's about. But, uh, what we have here is, uh, um, this spirit of counsel. And, uh, obviously one of the books of the Bible that contains a lot of counseling, a lot of mentions of counsel, uh, I, I, I guess probably most of us would guess the book of Proverbs, right? Job has a few more, which is very interesting because there's some counsel that's being given and the counsel that's being given isn't good. Uh, there's, uh, there's some truth behind it, but there are some major, major assumptions that are incorrect. There are some major problems with, uh, those three friends that Job had and what they were doing. And, uh, you know, obviously God took issue with it. Job took issue with it. Uh, Elihu took issue with it. Um, everybody but themselves took issue with it. Um, and, and again, that's, you know, part of some of the stuff that, that I will caution on when we start looking at this issue of counsel is not everybody is going to give the right counsel. Not everybody's going to tell you a scriptural, biblical thing. Now, look, I'm not talking about somebody's opinion, all right? Somebody counsels you on whether or not you should go with Chase Bank or U.S. Bank or, you know, you know, Key Bank or whatever it is, or, you know, funnel some funds through the Cayman Islands, whatever it may be. You know, <clears throat> there's some good advice and there's some bad advice, you know. We're not talking about advice. We're not talking about uh, fashion style. We're not talking about, um, you know, uh, the way that somebody's going to cut their hair, um, you know, obviously in a godly manner um, that, that brings him honor and praise and glory. But, you know, uh, one person should say, well, no, it should be parted on the left. It should be parted on the right. It should be parted straight down the middle. You need to use a bowl cut, whatever. Yeah, I mean, all the things that are there, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. So before we start talking about counsel, let's define it. You know, obviously you go to Webster's Dictionary and you take a look at some of the, the definitions of counseling and, or counsel and, and you find that obviously back then, um, the, the, the counsel that was given, or excuse me, the definition of counsel that was given, uh, had some biblical roots to it. 
Because a lot of it talks about, you know, as a definition, the will of God or his truth and doctrine concerning the way of salvation. Well, that's, that's true. That's true. When it comes to counsel, there's many verses that show that. Uh, in a scriptural sense, purpose, design, will, and decrees. And we find that that's true as well. But one of the things that we look at is, you know, obviously we talk about advice. Uh, there's opinion. And, and I'll tell you, there's, there's a major difference between beliefs, convictions, opinions, and truth. And many times people get those things mixed up. They will say what they believe as truth. How many years did people go believing that the earth was flat? Now, if you're a flat earther, I apologize. We'll discuss that later. But the fact is, you know, how many times, you know, did people uh, um, sit there and say, there is no such thing as giant squid. There's no such thing. It's a myth. It's a, it's a sailor's tale. And then what did they do? Just, you know, not too long ago, pull one up for right off the bottom. Things massive. And they're like, this thing's huge. And they find evidence that there's even bigger ones out there. What they told was truth isn't truth. People will tell people, you know, if you will, the opinion in, in, in their truth is they'll say the theory of evolution well, I should just give you a clue, the theory part, but they now are saying that theory is actual proven factual science. I, I don't get that, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's just weird stuff. But they'll say that it's true. Well, that's not what God says. What God says is true, and we're going to see some of that here. But as part of this definition, uh, it, it, it's it counsel is instruction that's given sometimes upon request or otherwise, you know, uh, for the directing of judgment and the conduct of someone. It's, it's meant for a guidance. It's meant to, to, to give that specific pathway. And, and when we start thinking about it, it involves, counsel involves, again, another word that happens to be a legal word, deliberation. You're going to sit there and think about it. If you're on a jury, you're going to be put in a room with a bunch of other people, and you're going to talk about what was talked about in the case. And you're going to be limited to that. You're going to be limited to certain evidence. You're going to be limited to certain things. You're going to deliberate on whether the person is guilty or not guilty. Those type of things. There's an examination. And one of the greatest definitions of the the, the word counsel is the examination of consequences. The examination of consequences. You know, sometimes people don't think about what's going to happen next. They don't. I mean, again, you take the world today, and you can use their arguments against them. It's it's absolutely, you know, just ridiculous. And, and you could say one thing and then turn it around and the next thing you know is, is now they're put in a position of where they have to defend something that they don't want to defend and they never thought about that consequence. They don't think about what's going to happen afterwards. They don't think about the societal issues that are going to occur. They don't think about those things. Well, counsel is where God says, you need to think about the consequences. Why is that? Galatians chapter 6, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Right? Think about the consequences. One of the greatest things that anybody can do, and probably the greatest, if you will, um, counsel that can be given to any young person, and I guarantee you that anybody here that is, is aged is going to concur with this, is stop and think about the consequences before you say or do anything. You're like, well, that's going to take some time. Then it takes time. Well, I need to, no. The Bible talks a lot about haste. It doesn't talk about it in a good sense. 
But what we see here is we see that this is what God's talking about. And you think about it, even, even today, the people that I work with, the attorneys that I work with, they're called counsel. They're called counsel. Why is that? Because you know what a counselor is? Somebody that knows the laws. There is no greater counselor than Jesus Christ. He's called that in the previous verses, or excuse me, the previous chapter. If you're over there in Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 11, turn to Isaiah chapter 9, and in verse 6, what does it call his name here? It says, for unto us is born, uh, uh, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, uh, and his name shall be called Wonderful. What's that next word? Counselor. Why is that? Because he knew the law better than anybody. Why? Because he wrote it. <laughs> he's the lawgiver. He is the word of God. I mean, there's, he's called counselor, the mighty God. I always like reading this one, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. That just makes the people that are, that, that, that disagree with Trinity just kind of go, Pfft. they don't get it. And they're like, well, it doesn't really mean the word father. Like, oh, come on. What, what is that going to mean? You know, we're getting into that whole issue of, you know, going back to what words mean. Come on. But, you know, the, the issue is, is that he is the greatest counselor. There is none better than that. And that is what a counselor is. You know, we, we have, the, uh, the, like I said, the people that I work with, some of them have the title of just counsel and some of them are senior counsel. Because they have certain, if you will, authority over saying certain things and executing certain things, documents and otherwise. Well, you know, Jesus Christ, he's given that spirit of counsel. Therefore, he is the counselor. He's the lawgiver. He's going to counsel us in what is right, what is wrong, the right way to do things, the right time to do things, the the, the right way to do things. I mean, that's what righteousness is about. Righteousness is doing what is right at the right time, the right way. You know, again, going back to David, bringing back the ark was a good thing, just not on a cart driven by oxen. Sometimes you can try to do what is right, but you don't do it the right way. It results in a serious consequence. So we see this here, and we have to start looking at the general purpose of counsel. I want you to turn over the book of Proverbs. We're going to rifle through a whole bunch of these really quickly. So you're going to have to bear with me. If you just need to write down the references, go for it. But we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 1. Let's start there, Proverbs chapter 1. And let's take a look at some of the general principles of counsel and what that means. Why, why is counsel important? What, is it, what does counsel do? Well, the very first thing that we see here is in, cha- in, in chapter one and verse five, you know, here's Solomon giving this, you know, uh, if you will, decree to his son about what he's supposed to be doing, uh, to his children. He says in verse five, a wise man will hear and will increase in learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. He wants counsel. Somebody that is wise and somebody that is understanding. And we've already talked about wisdom and understanding. He's going to be somebody that says, hey, you know what? I need some counsel on this. I need some counsel on this. There should be zero shame for a Christian coming to somebody and saying, I need some counsel. I I need some direction. And and again, me being a, 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 a pastor, I will say this. Counseling isn't one of the things that's really taught in seminaries and institute classes. They just throw this big, thick book at you with print that's about eight-point font and say, uh, read this in your time being or, re- you know, use it as a resource when 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 bad stuff happens. Ah, you know, I, and I've heard some crazy counsel that people have told me. And sometimes people will just say, well, just read the Bible. Okay, yes, read the Bible, absolutely. Where? What? It's not about just reading the Bible. How about study it? You got a, you got a problem with a certain thing, a certain sin? You got a question about what direction to take in life? Start looking up certain things in scripture. 
Look up words, look up phrases, look up topics. There's, I mean, we live in a day and age where we've got all sorts of material to be able to do that. Tools and resources. So there, you know, there, you know, I could understand back in the day when you had scrolls, it might have been a little bit different, difficult. But in today's day and age, no, every Christian, I mean, there is no excuse. There is no excuse to study the Word of God. It can be done. We've got all the resources in front of us. I mean, come on. And I'm not talking about commentaries. I'm talking about we've got concordances, we've got eSword, we've got, you know, all sorts of things we can look it up. I mean, we've got all these things that we can go to and resource and find and search and do all sorts of stuff to glorify God. To, 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 to be, you know, meet his approval, as it says in that verse. Let's take a look at a couple other verses and let's go over to, to Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19. And look at verse 20. So obviously we know a man of understanding is going to attain to it. He's going to try to, to, to make sure that number one, he's getting good counsel. And number two, he's giving good counsel. Giving good counsel. If you're going to give counsel to anybody, you better make sure it's biblical. Better make sure it's biblical. In, in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 20, it says, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. You know, here's a person that's of understanding. He's wanting counsel. You know what? He's going to listen to it. Why? So he can get wise. So he can be wiser, if you will. So that he he can he can if you will have the wisdom of God given to him as we've talked about what wisdom is and wisdom comes from the Lord. So when we start talking about hearing counsel, but here's a part of the issue: people don't listen to the counsel. People don't listen to counsel. I was a conversation with another pastor the other day, and I was talking about counseling, and he said, "Yeah, that's the issue: is nobody listens to it. You give them counsel, and they get upset about it." How dare you tell me that I, well, I didn't say it. That's what God said. Well, how dare you find that scripture and point it out to me? Who are you to judge? (laughs) Why are we sitting here having this conversation? Because honestly, I got better things to do, you know, and sometimes that happens. Praise the Lord for the people that listen to counsel and actually heed it from the word of God. And you see growth. And you see development. I'll tell you, that's one of the biggest reasons why a lot of Christians don't grow is because they won't listen to counsel. They don't seek counsel. They don't want it. Turn to Proverbs chapter uh, 11. Let's go back a little bit. Proverbs chapter 11. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14. <clears throat> it says, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. We've got a multitude of counselors in Scripture. Everyone from Adam all the way through to Paul and beyond. All of them. Counselors. All of them. Including the ones that messed up royal. I'm pretty sure David had a lot of things to tell Solomon. What do you think Solomon was sort of writing about counsel? What do you think Proverbs chapter 4 is where Solomon says, this is what my daddy told me. And what did he say? Get wisdom and get understanding. With everything you've got, with everything, get it, hold on to it, don't lose it. And where do you find that? Scripture. The closer you get to God in Scripture, the wiser a person becomes. But when there is no counsel, what happens? Somebody's going to fall somebody's going to fall. When somebody doesn't listen to the counsel of the word of God, that person will fall into sin. They will backslide. They will get involved in things that they shouldn't be involved in. They'll be deceived of themselves, not just of others. Because you got to remember the first, the first stage of being deceived is deceiving yourself. I mean, he says, be not deceived. Let no man deceive you. We deceive ourselves first, and then somebody comes along and deceives us with more. 
because we believe a lie that we told ourselves that we know is a lie. That's one of the most ridiculous things in the world that mankind ever does. But here he says, where no counsel is, the people fall. The people fall. What do we see today? Nobody counsels the word of God and says, what does God say about this? What does God say about science? What does God say about government? What does God say about this? What does God say about that? Nobody does that. So what do we find today? Mental health issues on the rise. Violent crime on the rise. Wickedness around every corner on the rise. On the rise, on the rise, on the rise. And nobody wants to listen to what God says. So what happens? We watch nations fall. We watch our own. And we've got sideline seats, don't we? Right there at the goalpost, maybe. We're, we're, we're just sitting there going, what? How? Have you, you ever been watching a sports a game of some type or something like that. I, I, I'm not really into sports. You know, I like occasional baseball. Uh, only sport that I, I really kind of like is World Rally Cross, um, which, you know, that's just sheer insanity. You know, driving on these roads and, you know, slamming into each other and car parts flying everywhere. And you're, I mean, it's fun. But, you know, you, you look at that and sometimes you look at it and you go, what was the driver thinking? How in the world do you do that? How in the world do you wind up on top of the, you know, the, you know, the, the car upside down in a straightaway? Where, where there's no, I mean, where it's just pavement. How do you do that? I mean, we're looking at that today. We're watching people fall. This is what happens when counsel's not there. So I will say this, and I'll make this very bold statement. Where Jesus Christ is not, you will find people falling in the gutter. When the counselor is not giving the counsel that he needs to give, and people are not listening to the counsel that he is giving, you're going to see people fallen and in a fallen state. That's what happens. Take a look at Proverbs chapter 12 and look at verse, uh, we'll start with verse 5. There's multiple ones here in, in, in Proverbs chapter 12, but we're going to hit a few of them. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 5, it says, The thoughts of uh, the, righteous, uh, the righteous are right. It's kind of self-explanatory, but it still needs to be said. But the counsels of the wicked are deceit. This leads us into what's going to be our next point is, we realize that the counselors that we listen to are going to lead us into a certain path. You know what? God's never going to lie to you. He's not a man that he should lie, okay? Scripture says that. But I will tell you this. In the world today, there's a lot of people who will counsel you in wicked things. And you know what? They'll say, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Try this pill. You'll be fine. Uh, uh, Try this drink. You'll be fine. Oh, don't worry. God doesn't care about that. They're deceit. They're deceit. This is why it's important to know what type of counsel you're getting. Does it match with Scripture? Does it match with Scripture? In verse 15, it says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. I like this pairing that God puts in this verse. What is this? How often have you thought that you were right? only to find out you were horribly wrong. That happened to anybody ever? Couple people in here? <laughs> Most of us don't want to raise our hand for shame because it's like... <sighs> but the fact is, is the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need counsel. He doesn't need God telling him what to do. And what is that? That's a person that says it's a fool. What's the definition of a fool when we start taking a look at Scripture? Fool is said in his heart, there is no God. That's a dangerous place to be. That's a dangerous place to be. And I can tell you that a Christian can act like a fool. 
not listening to what God tells them to do. They become that kind of foolish nature or that foolish mentality. In verse 20, it says that deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. But to the counselors of peace is joy. The counselors of peace. There is no greater counselor of peace than the Prince of Peace. He'll tell you how to get peace. You look at the world today, and I talked about mental health issue, and mental health uh, uh, concerns are on the rise, but the lack of people doing anything about it is decreasing. Uh, there are fewer and fewer counselors. There's fewer and fewer therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists. Not that they really offer anything, okay? Because they offer the things of the world. You know, the idea is, is well, you, you, you kind of feel bad. Well, here's a pill for that. Well, I'm kind of having some depressive thoughts. Here, here's a pill for that. You get a little anxiety ridden. Uh, I don't know what to do. Here's a pill for that. The pill isn't going to help. Why? Because it's a mental issue. It's a problem with the thoughts. Bring every thought into the captivity, right? To the obedience of Christ. This is the mindset that a Christian must have according to 2 Corinthians 10.5. We have to have that. But what does it say? The counselors of peace is joy. Somebody that's got a peaceful mentality, they're going to help you get that understanding of what real joy is about. They're going to show you why. You know, it's really hard when somebody is just fretting over something and they're just just kind of, if you will, going uh, uh, all over the place. And, uh, you know, sometimes as my little phrase, and I picked that up from somewhere, but I call them emotional hairballs. They're just like, I mean, they're just, you look at it and go, what is that? You know, they're just all over the place. They, they don't have any peace, but you know what? The reason why they don't have any peace is because there's no joy unspeakable in their life. They have no connection to the joy that Jesus Christ brings to a Christian, even during the times of difficulty and suffering, even during those times. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22, take a quick look over there. It says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. You know, if you ever set out to do something, you got a plan. You got a plan. I tell you, you know what? Man is good at getting a plan. The execution thereof, though, is generally flawed. (laughs) Let's just say that, okay? We, we, we've got a plan, you know, you, you, you're 15 years old and you're like, I know the plan for my life. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And it just, you know what? Doesn't happen that way, does it? Doesn't happen that way. God has different plans. God has different directions for our lives. So that's a key thing that we need to understand. We start taking a look at what the, you know, he's talking about here. He says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. You know what? There's a lot of people that, and I'll tell you this, many times they will go to, say, a college, and they've never talked to a person about college or which college to choose or, you know, a career path or any type of direction in their life. And you know what? By the time they get to, like, maybe... Maybe they're, they're freshmen, maybe they're seniors, and they just begin to realize, oh man, this is a big disappointment. This is a waste of time. This is a waste of money. Now I'm $200,000 in debt. Oh, the government will bail me out. Sorry, shouldn't have said that. But anyways, they, <laughs> you know, they, they, there they are, right? They get disappointed. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a degree in something that is not employable. And then they go out in the world and they wonder why their life is just a huge disappointment. And I'll be very specific with this. Without the counsel of God, without his spirit, without Jesus Christ, every purpose that you try to do in the flesh is going to be a disappointment. Why? Because it's going to burn up in the end. 
It's just, it's vain. It's for naught. If if you will, we look at that and we go, man, that's just such a huge disappointment. That didn't come to fruition. Why didn't that happen? Well, maybe we were investing in the wrong thing. Maybe we were, if you will, our treasure wasn't in the right place. And that treasure evaporated right before our eyes. So sometimes those things can happen. And we find this, and, 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 and I want to get to this, this last one here in Proverbs chapter 20, uh, in, in regards to this general principle of counsel. Proverbs chapter 20, and, and in the same sense that we just read over there, it says in verse 18, every purpose is established by counsel, and with good advice make war. You know, sometimes people pick the wrong fight. Yeah. I mean, we all know about Josiah and, and, and Pharaoh Nico. Josiah picked the wrong fight. Yeah. I mean, Pharaoh Nico had the word of God. Josiah, the greatest king. He still didn't listen. Wow. You're like, how can that be? Disciples. You know, they still were just like completely baffled and hiding out because, you know, for fear, not realizing that Jesus Christ said he would raise again in three days. And then when the women came and told him, they're like, nah. Mark chapter 16, he says he upbraided them for their unbelief. I don't even want to know what that means. I wouldn't even want to be in that room. wouldn't even want to be in the same building as he's sitting there upbraiding them. But he does it in love. But let's not be so foolish as to think that that's not us. Right. We're just like Josiah. We're just like Jonah. We're just like the, you know, Peter. We're just like all the rest of them that struggled and fell and did the same thing when we didn't listen to what Christ told us. And the same thing is true. You want to purpose something in your life, like Daniel purposed not to defile himself with the king's meat. You know what? He had some counsel with that somehow. Lord gave him some good counsel. He remembered what he learned as a young man, as a child specifically. So we see that God says, if you're going to purpose something in your life, make sure you do it right. Make sure you do it right. And this isn't just, you know, oh, this is a practical common sense thing to do in life. No, this is a spiritual thing. If you're going to do anything, you better make sure God's okay with it. If it doesn't please God and it doesn't glorify him and his name and his word, then you shouldn't do it. End of story. End of story. And people will try to say, well, you know, I can get, God can get glory through this. So you're going to limit how God's going to get his glory. It's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. So let's talk about good counsel. Let's talk about good counsel. Let's go over the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 73. Psalms chapter 73, you know, this is obviously, this is counsel that's coming from the word of God. This is counsel that, if you will, would be uh, what Christ would say, uh, uh, things that are, are given to us as examples. And in Psalm chapter 73 and in verse 24, I want us to see this here very clearly. It says, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. So right there in Psalm 73, 24, I want you to notice what that counsel does. It guides. It guides. People call the Holy Spirit a guide, right? The Word of God is a guide to us. The Holy Spirit shows it, reveals it, and teaches it to us. He's a spirit of truth. And First John makes it clear that he is one that teaches us. So when we see something like this, then we need to understand, well, I, if I want guidance in my life and I want that counsel, then it has to be according to God's Word. It has to be according to Him, because take a look at Psalm 119. 
Psalm chapter 119, one of the, the, the names, if you will, of the word of God that is in this passage is counsel. In Psalm chapter 119, and look at verse 24, it says, thy, tes- uh, thy testimonies are my delight and my counselors. Testimonies. Man, this, this book is filled with testimonies, isn't it? It's filled with, 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 uh, people that would testify and say how great God is. Right? But these are the testimonies of the Lord. Saying, this is what I've done. This is what I'll do. This is who I am. And you know what that becomes? Not only does it become a delight to us, but it becomes our counselors. When we realize how great God is, how good God is, His promises that He keeps, that counsels us. It gives us that guidance. It says that it is the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. I'm paraphrasing there, right? So when we realize how good God is, it should bring us to a point of where we go, oh, Lord, just like Job. Yeah, you know, there was a, several, several chapters where God said, okay, Job, exactly who do you think you are? And at the end of it, Job, what do you do? He's like, I abhor myself. In comparison to who God is. He's like, okay, okay, Job, go ahead. Try to take on that behemoth over there. Go, 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 go try to drag Leviathan out of the sea. Let's see what happens to you. And God goes, I made both of them. So who do you think is more powerful? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That is a counselor to me every single day. That is a testimony of who God is. So we see passages like that. Let's take a look at another one. Let's go over to Psalm chapter 16. And this again is, is, is something that I think is, is extremely important for us to, to understand. Psalm, uh, Psalm chapter 16. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 16 and in verse, verse seven here, Psalm 16, seven, it says, I will bless the Lord. You ever, you ever stop and meditate on that for a little bit? Meditation is good. Meditation is good for the soul. God tells us to meditate. I'm not talking about some weird new age transcendental thing where you're, you know, and some whatever type thing. No, I'm talking about sitting down and just occupying your thought. Do you know how much discipline that takes? Because what happens when you just sit down and have an opportunity to think? Man alive. Try being in a hospital bed for 20 days. Your mind starts going, hey, what about this? And you're like, where in the world did that even come from? It's all over the place, right? It takes a lot of discipline. A lot, a lot of bringing thoughts into captivity. To meditate. And I'll tell you this, it's interesting to sit here and think that he says specifically, I will bless the Lord. We always think he's blessing us, but how often do we bless him? Anyways, moving on. Uh, I don't want to get too much conviction, you know, that's just, uh, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. The reason that we can bless the Lord is when we listen to it. He so freely gives it. We have that opportunity. Now look at this. There's that colon there and he says, my reins also instruct me in the night seasons. This verse is so much deeper than anybody thinks. 
Night seasons. Darkness. Difficult. Spiritual wickedness. Talking about the stuff over there in Ephesians chapter 6 that we're supposed to stand against. Well, how do you stand in the night? Night vision goggles. Your night vision goggles is the Word of God, okay? That's it. That's it. doesn't matter. It, it, there's no generation one, two, or three, or whatever they've got now. I remember the first gen, I mean, you'd look at that and you'd go, is that even human? What is that? You know, gen, you know, gen three, now you're kind of like, oh, okay, now I can make it out. Now I know what it is. Now I know that's a friendly because we got special markers on them and stuff like that. But, oh, hey, you know, tell you this, word of God is so much better than that. So much better. It will make sure that you clearly see the light of God. And that will make sure that that's the only thing you see. But here he says very clearly, my reigns also uh, instruct me in the night season. The reason he's going to bless God is because he's choosing to do what is right and be directed by the counsel of God. Even during the tough part. We can bless the Lord by just simply stopping, thinking about it, making some good judgment calls and decisions and discernment, getting counsel from his word and saying, Lord, search me and try me. Lord, guide me. Give me that direction. Give me that. You know, here's the reins. Here's the reins in my heart. Take it. I don't want to control it. Why is surrendering control so tough? Well, it becomes down to me. We don't trust. That's the issue. We just don't trust God. Well, you know, I know that God took care of me there, but, but what? We think about that very clearly. Here he is saying the counsel is going to be that guidance. It's going to be that direction. That's godly counsel. That's the counsel of God. Take a look at Psalm chapter 33. I want to talk a little bit more about his counsel to us. You know, I could talk about bad counsel all day long. Over there in First Kings uh, chapter 12, you've got uh, Jeroboam. He didn't listen to the counselors uh, of his father, and he wound up listening to the young princes. Look, I'll just I'll make it very clear here. There is a problem when uh, people only want to listen to the counsel of the youth. Realize that was one. Of, that's how Greece fell. You go back and look at it in historical uh, nature. They began to 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 discount everything that the elders were saying about. That's a bad idea. No, we shouldn't do that. And all they wanted to do was please the youth, give them the best education, make sure they were happy, make sure that they had everything that they needed. They didn't care about anyone else except for the youth. And they elevated him onto a platform and made him a god. And what happened to Greece? Well, it fell. And it fell hard. Really hard. So we begin to see here there's a problem with that. So yeah, I mean we can talk like I said, we can talk about bad counsel. He 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 didn't didn't listen. He forsook it. The Bible says over in uh, Psalms chapter 1, it talks about uh, in verse 1, it says the counsel of the ungodly. You don't walk in that counsel of the ungodly. So we know there's bad counsel out there. Just like we were talking about, the, the, the counsel of the wicked is deceit. So we know that there's bad counsel. We know that, that, that if you go over to Psalm chapter 106, he talks about how soon... They forgot the counsel of God. And I tell you, while that's maybe a condemnation for those that were before us, it's a condemnation for us now, too. When we realize how soon we forget the counsel that God told us. You know, here we are, we hear something on a Sunday, and we're like, oh, wow, that's good, that's good, that's good. And then we go out and then we do something. We do it without counsel, and then we go, oh, man, this is so bad. Oh, hey, you know what? There's a sermon that I just heard. 
that sounds familiar. Man, maybe I should have listened to what God said. How soon we forget. But I'll tell you this, we're talking about the spirit of counsel that comes from the Lord. The good stuff. In Psalm chapter 33, and take a look there at verse 11, it says, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. One of the things that I will do when we start talking about counsel, and if uh, there's some things that we, you know, if I have to do a counseling session, many times I will start off with that verse. And the reason I do that is I can, because I'm going to say, look, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go through, we're going to find out where some sinful behavior is. We're going to address the sinful behavior. We're going to see what the corrective action is. We're going to see what the correct replacement biblical behavior is for that sinful action. Because remember, if you've got a sinful action and you just stop the sinful action, it's not full repentance. You're not actually doing what you're supposed to do. Because you're supposed to forsake that and turn to God and take a biblical action, a biblical behavior, and put that in there instead of the sinful behavior. Because if you're doing the biblical behavior, it's going to be really hard to do the sinful behavior. So here we are, we're taking a look at this, and I'll say, look, you know, we're going through, we're making some changes, but I guarantee you what's going to happen is, is somebody's going to look at that and go, hey, wow, what's going on in your life? And you're going to be like, yeah, I'm doing this and this and this and this, and you know, I'm changing some things here. And guess what's going to happen? The world is going to give some counsel. Friends are going to give some counsel. Believers are going to give some counsel. It's not all going to be good counsel. Comes to the world, it's not going to be good counsel. And yeah, sometimes believers can give some bad counsel. And they can use Bible verses to do it too. And you know what? That's scary. But you know what it is? It's somebody's opinion and it's somebody's advice. You ever change an opinion? Ever? Ever on anything? I will never change my opinion on greens beans. I'm just not. <clears throat> but there are things that I've changed my opinion on. I, I have. But I will tell you this. God doesn't change his counsel based upon opinion. It stands forever. You want something that is going to be there with you until the very end. Friends, family, and believers aren't always with you to the very end. The Word of God is, as much as you hide it in your heart. Take a look here at another passage. Take a look at uh, Proverbs. Let's take a look at Proverbs again. And take a look at a couple of verses. Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 14. Um, I, I, I like this because this is, this is good. This wisdom's talking here in verse 13. I, I just want, I like to read this one. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. You want to know what the definition of the fear of the Lord is? It's to hate evil, right? Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. You steer clear of those things, you'll be in the fear of the Lord. Okay. That, that, that's what it is. Hate those things. Hate him worse than I hate my hates. Okay? You guys all know those three things that I hate. Green beans, glitter, and gum. All because I got some reasons for them, all right? But I will tell you very clearly, as much as I hate that stuff, you know what I hate? I hate having sin come into my life. And I'll tell you, the biggest one that always shows up are those first two, isn't it? Pride and arrogancy. You're like, man, you're getting too convicting on Wednesday night. Go back to teaching. I mean, it's that, that stuff is, man, that's our biggest issue. It's not the other little ancillary sins. It's not drinking, smoking, pornography, and all that stuff. It's not that. No, it's the fact that I've got pride and arrogancy, that, th- that I think I could get away with it. 
that God's okay with it. I have to hate that stuff. I have to hate it. Anyways, moving on. Uh, verse 14 is where I wanted to be. It says, counsel is mine. You know, wisdom speaking, but, but wisdom is from God. Counsel is God's. Counsel is his. You know, I want you to think about this for a second. If he's going to be the one that gives that counsel, and he's going to be given correct and true counsel and guidance in our, in our life, why would we not listen? I mean, you know, we see the man that is void of understanding in, in Proverbs chapter 7, and then in comparison, you've got the forward woman over there, and now you've got another woman. You know, it never ceases to amaze me. When I was younger, there were some people that I hung out with, and they weren't the, they weren't the best sort. And you know, they 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 get these 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 guys would get these girlfriends, and man, alive, they would drag them down into the ground. Yeah. Now look, it goes the other way too, yeah. right? But I will tell you this. You know, there is nothing more stupid than a young man that is just absolutely throws everything out the window to follow after some woman that is absolutely horrible for him. And we've all seen it, haven't we? We've all seen it. And what do you do? You try to counsel. Dude, she's bad news. She's horrible. What What are you doing? That's the dumbest thing in the world you could do. Don't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Three months later, you're like, you're still with her. That's the way it is with her sin. You need to gravitate after the things that God finds lovely, which is wisdom. It's hers. Belongs to her. Belongs to him. Because she was with him from the very beginning, as we see in this passage. Part of it. Take a look at uh, Proverbs chapter 19. And take a look at uh, two more verses. Two more verses and we'll be done. Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19. And verse 21. There are many devices in a man's heart. Man, we devise all sorts of crazy stuff, don't we? Good grief. You take a look at the stuff that's out there today. You know, I will tell you this. There there are devices that are in a man's heart that are horrible. They're horrible. Some of the stuff that, uh, that I uh, um, kind of was studying and, and looking into and... and uh, no, we'll just go with that. Um, you start taking a look at chemical weapons. You know, okay, I understand. You drop a bomb, big explosion. Okay. Chemical weapons is just exceptionally cruel. It's a horrible way to die. It's a horrible way to kill a person. Not that killing is, you know, in one way, shape, or form good but they're exceptionally evil. Evil. I always remember driving through Umatillo, just looking at those little mounds out there going, man alive. People knew really truly what secrets were inside those little bunkers out there. It's all been cleared out now. They burned it all, sent it into the atmosphere. Whatever. There are many devices in a man's heart. Man's heart's desperately wicked, right? Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. Whatever you devise in your life, whatever plan you come up with, whatever thought or thinking, you know, that you have that comes from follow your heart, that crowd, it's not going to stand. 
It'll fold like a cheap suit. And you know what? You'll be left disappointed. But I'll tell you this. If you have the counsel of the Lord and that stands in your life, that will enable you to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? Because it's a sure thing. It's a sure thing. He's a buckler. He's a shield. He's a fortress. He provides all that armor that he gives to us to withstand those things, to fight. Turn to the last one, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 30. And close with this, Proverbs chapter 31, or excuse me, 21, verse 30. <clears throat> there is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. That is a good verse to learn. You know what that means? I don't care what wise guru you pull off whatever mountain in Nepal. doesn't matter. He's got nothing on the Lord. I don't care what we think we understand about this universe or what we, what we see around us. The only thing that it reveals is it reveals there is a creator and he is God. Amen. And you know what? He loved us and he gave himself for, for us. So that is revealed. There is no understanding greater than that. And when we don't understand that, we profess ourselves to be wise, we become fools. And what do we find here? Uh, again, you know, just, just thinking about this, this, this mindset of, uh, of, uh, you know, there's no wisdom, there's no understanding, no counsel. There is nothing in this world that is going to be greater than God telling you, do what is right. Remember that verse that I said, the talking about the, the the righteous is always doing right. One of the verses that we just read. If God has imputed His righteousness unto us, shouldn't that be what we do? And when we fail to do what is right, God calls it what? Sin. When we start talking about how great God is, when we start realizing how the, the just the the overwhelming counsel that God can give us in this life, with the example of what Jesus Christ lived, what counsel is better than that? What counsel is better than that? You know, I know everybody's got that what would Jesus do type thing. But you, you think about it and you're like, okay, what would Christ do? What, what did Christ say? What, what is it that, that he, he did as a demonstration of glory that I can follow after? It's sure a better thing than trying to figure out what would Joe Biden do? What would Donald Trump do? By the way, Donald Trump is not the Savior. He's not God. He has not come to bring revival to this nation. And these Christians that are following after him, they're following an antichrist. You're like, well, that's pretty bold. Yeah, I'll say the same thing about anybody that follows anyone else that's not Christ. You're following an antichrist. You're following a man, that's antichrist. You're following a woman, that's antichrist. You're following anything other than God's word, it's antichrist. Well, you know what? God said he loves us over there in 1 John. And that's why we love him. I'll tell you this, it's one of the most important things that we'll ever hear is we need to do what God tells us from his word. That is the counsel that is of the utmost importance. There is none greater. There's none greater.
Let's go ahead and close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, again, I thank you for the time. Thank you again, Lord, for an opportunity to be here. Lord, I thank you again for just uh, showing us from your word how great your counsel is and what it means to us. And Lord, what you can do for us with that counsel. Lord, I pray that above all that we would heed it, that we'd hear it, that what we've heard tonight is counsel, counsel from you. And Lord, I pray you'd set aside all flesh and everything that, 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 that is of me, Lord, and it would be all about your word and how great and glorious and how good you are to us. And Lord, may we never forget that. May that be our counselor. As we read your word, as we study your word, as we memorize it, meditate, and as we pray over it on a day-to-day basis. Thank you again, Lord, for those that are here tonight. Pray, Lord, you just take us home safely and bring us back again safely on Sunday. This I all ask in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.